My, what would happen if we were to consider the fact that God has the right to maneuver our lives, put us where he wants us to go. But at the end of the day, God's in charge. The Holy Ghost is in charge. And if he permits these things to happen, it's for a purpose. Welcome to Concepts for Living. This service is coming to you from the Chapel of the Anointing. We invite you to stay tuned for a life-changing word. I don't know if you've thought of it, but your best praise may come out of your darkest hour. Hi, and welcome to Concepts for Living. Again, we consider it a privilege to come to you with more Concepts for Living from God's Word. Stay tuned. I'll be speaking in this particular telecast from the theme, Praise the Lord Anyhow. Open your Bibles and let's consider from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16. I'll begin reading at verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house look at someone just before you sit and just simply say it I hope you say it with all the gusto you can praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Anyhow. anyhow if we could ever reach that stage in our lives I believe he would be all the more glorified as I share with you from this passage today, no doubt you have read it many times. But as I bring it to you today, I want you to know I bring it out of a sense of urgency Amen. and a sense of relevancy for where we are right now. 
the growth and expansion of the Christian church throughout history is simply extraordinary. It's phenomenal when you consider the fact that from AD 33, the church has grown and continues to grow. The church has uh, grown so phenomenally until what we actually have to agree with, even though we were not there, when the historian by the name of Arm Armitage made the statement, he said, before, watch this now, before the close of the first century, there were 500,000 Christians. Started with 12, went on 120, went on before you know, three more thousand, keep reading in the book of Acts, and then another 5,000, and then multitudes, multitudes. The church has grown, even though she has suffered through, suffered from within and suffered from without. Those who claimed to be a part of her gave her some of her greatest wounds. But the church has continued to survive. The church survives today and grows yet. One wonders how in the world could it have grown so significantly from AD 33, completing the first century to 500,000. Come on. Didn't have email. Didn't have Facebook. Didn't have computers. Didn't have all the modern systems, modern technology. But somehow, we need to look with praise to God that in spite of not having all of that, they grew to the point that we had a foundation to stand upon. We ought to give God praise for the growth of the church. I'm not going to take the time to go through all of the experiences that were suffered in the name of the church. History will test for itself. But I will say this. When we consider the context of the text that I've chosen this morning, you cannot but appreciate how with spiritual and supernatural tact and strategy, men and women cause the church to grow as God used them in missionary fashion. Amen. And so when we look at the text, what you're going to observe and appreciate, I hope, those intrepid missionaries, fearless, brave, and I would have to say bold believers, putting their lives on the line that we might have a place to call a church, a body of Christ yet in the earth. Obviously, we are aware that there is a spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, if you please, that is really the life force in the church. 
the very breast of the body of Christ, the very breast of the church. As always, the three points of this message, the condition, the consecrations, and the consequence. Stay tuned. You'll be further blessed. The conditions are there. They met in open-air meetings. Don't have to worry about that now. Because I'm going to tell you how you're going to get to the city. And the people who put you in here, don't worry about them. I'm going to take care of them too. So now notice what happens. The very first European Christian, the first European Christian was Lydia. And now the focus one is the girl. We don't hear no more about her. And it doesn't matter that we don't know her name. Because she was a part of the equation of God invading a city. We can get our little evangelistic approaches, but wait a minute, this is the master plan of God. God uses who he chooses, and he uses them, even though the enemy may appear abusing. He's still in charge. Uh, well, come on, pastor, move it, please. Well, let me tell you something. You and I have to appreciate the fact that people who don't know the Lord could be waiting, looking for a witness that the Lord is the Lord. And he and they get it through watching people as to how they go through certain things. You say you're saved, but I'm checking you out to see how you go through this and how you go through that. I, 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 I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Christian, but, but, but that's why we have many times folk who are non-Christian telling Christians, Don't, isn't that what you do now? You, yeah. you, you pray, right? So, so, blah, blah, blah. so you stop. You know what you do. Yeah. Your person not even saved itself, and they're telling you and me what to do. Are you staying with me? Or am I the only one that ever happened to? Okay, because I believe that what's happening here is that God is getting ready to get a major operation going. Okay? So this woman, whose name is Lydia, she opens her house. She has them in there. She feeds them. She takes care of them. But now they're snatched and they're put in jail. The question is, where's God? In the jail? Where's God at? He never left. He's still with you. I want somebody to hear me this morning. Things are going bad. Look like you're in prison. Look like you're going through a rough time. You've been whipped and lashed and stomped and spat on. Where's God? He's still with you. But why am I back? And why all this pain? And why all this misery? Hang on. It's not over. Say conditions. And so these conditions actually uh, precipitate what I would refer to as the consecration. The consecration. 
You can testify all you want when everything's going good. Got a good job. Got a nice bank account. Just bought another new car. And come on, you know what I'm saying. Huh? Got a whole new wardrobe. Everybody's happy now. But what about when you don't have a thing? And, and, and on top of that, other people shooting by you. And you're saying, but what, what, what about me? Because some folk can only show joy if they got a job. And when they, when, they, when they act out, you know what's happening. They're acting out that way because they are jealous and envious. Because you have, but they don't know what you've been through. Somebody say, you, you know, you see the glory, but you don't know the story. You see, if you know the story, if you, know, you see how God is moving, but you don't understand. Somebody had to get some lashes. Somebody had to go in jail. Somebody had to be cut off from their freedoms and liberties. Consecrations is what I'm seeing now because here they are in jail. And while they're there, the Bible tells me that about midnight, feeding stocks, hands in chains, come on now, put not just in the prison, but in the inner prison, and you got a guard watching you day and night. And you haven't done anything wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, people. Yes. This is the same God? Okay. So, but, but now, now it says midnight. It says, and at midnight. You see how verse 25 begins? And at midnight. All the other stuff. Da, 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 da. And at midnight. Oh, God. Everything else that happened previously, just go on over it and enumerate it if you want to. But and at midnight. Oh, Jesus. At midnight. Not midday when it's warm and nice. And, no, no. At midnight. Damn. Hmm? The idiom behind midnight is your darkest hour or your last hour. It's the end of. Come on now. But it's midnight. Say midnight. <laughs> Say, I know about midnight. Come on, talk back. Say, I know about midnight. <laughs> well, what do you know about midnight? What do you know about midnight? Do you know that midnight is one step from a new day? Yes. Oh, you're not looking at me. Huh? A midnight, a midnight is your darkest hour. But wait a minute now. What? Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, because your next view may be brighter than your darkest night. You have to understand no matter wherever you are, when you don't have what you think you should have, and when it looks like everybody's on your case and you can't do anything right, and it looks like somehow the devil is ruling your life. But oh, if you could just know no matter how dark it is, how late it is. God is still in control. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm talking to a businessman out there right now. Somebody you've been in business and you poured everything into it and looked like it ain't nothing coming back. That's a midnight. Yes. 
praise my children to love God. I praise God for my children. But now it looks like they're going the opposite way. Come on, it's a dark midnight for you. But if you just know that weeping, But if you get not, oh, oh, see, I just said weeping. Because you see, most of us have to have the right environment to be motivated, encouraged, and inspired to do some things. But when you're consecrated, you don't do what you want when you're consecrated. You do what you ought when you are consecrated. I'm going to say that again. When you are consecrated, you don't do what you want. You do what you ought. We sincerely trust that you have been blessed and inspired to praise the Lord anyhow through all of your circumstances, through all of the conditions that you are faced with. Praise the Lord. And what you may discover is that when you do, doors will open. Chains will fall off. Others will be blessed. So until next time, we shall come to you with more Concepts for Living. May God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www.fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.